Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 70 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, and I am so happy that you are joining me here today. Also joining me is our very special guest host, Amy Milsick. Amy, how are you doing? I am doing wonderfully. How are you, Pam? I am doing well, thank you. And listen, I'm excited about your guest this week because it's Katie Kimball who has a kids cooking course. But you know what? I have known Katie for a while from her blog, Kitchen Stewardship. Are you familiar with her blog there? I am, and I absolutely love the tips that she shares there. <laughs> okay, well, I bought an ebook from her a long time ago. It was one of her, I think it was like grab and go snacks or something like that. And our very favorite in the world, uh, one bowl muffin recipe is in there. And also, uh, there's a wonderful recipe in there for granola, for like crumble up granola that you can sprinkle on yogurt and things like that. Mm. Um, but we love both of those recipes. So whenever I think of Katie, I think of one bowl muffins because I keep them, I keep the mixes, all the dry ingredients from the recipe in uh, little freezer bags, like one bowl at a time. And so I just like pull the mix out of the freezer bag that I made myself and then I dump it into the bowl and we add the wet ingredients and bam, within like 10 minutes, we have muffins. I need that in my life. Yes. <laughs> you need to go. I think if you I think if you go to the website and Google, you can find just the recipe for the for the one bowl muffins, but they are absolutely awesome. So I'm kind of excited to listen to this conversation with you and Katie, but you guys are talking about cooking with kids, right? Yes, we talked about her Kids Cook Real Food, which is an e-course, and she shares her tips on helping you enjoy cooking with kids and teaching them life skills and connecting in the kitchen. Just fabulous ideas on ways that we can incorporate that into our homeschool life. Okay, I love this. I love this. And so maybe I can get the kids in there making some more of the uh, one bowl muffins for me. So yay, well, we'll get on with this conversation right after this word from our sponsor. Have you ever been stuck on how to bring your lessons to life? Then you need KiwiCo, a monthly subscription which has delivered millions of hands-on projects that make learning fun. Their core offering are projects that make learning about STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, accessible and are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning. Some recent favorites in our household are the Slime Lab, a hydraulic claw, and the geometric drawing machine. KiwiCo was founded by engineer and mom of three, Sandra Olin and her deep desire to raise kids with the creative confidence needed to become the next generation of problem solvers and critical thinkers. I couldn't agree more with their mission, and I am excited to be able to offer you the chance to try them for free. To learn more about their projects for kids of all ages and to redeem this exclusive offer, visit KiwiCo.com slash educational snapshots to get your first month free today. Just pay $4.95 for shipping. That's KiwiCo.com slash educational snapshots for your free offer. And now, on with the podcast. Katie Kimball is a mom of four on a mission to get kids into the kitchen. At her blog, Kitchen Stewardship, she shares about cooking and serving real food while juggling the budget pressures and time constraints of busy family life. 
the author of seven cookbooks. Katie is also the creator of Kids Cook Real Food, an e-course designed to teach kids of all ages basic cooking skills. Katie joins us on this episode to talk about kids, food, and family time in the kitchen. Welcome, Katie. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. It's good to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you about getting kids cooking because what a marvelous life skill to share. It's a real passion of mine because I feel like cooking is like a a lost art and eating healthy food is, is something that we really need a resurgence of. Oh, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? Sure thing. So I have four kids and they are right now ages three and a half, just about seven, 10 and 13. So I've just entered the heart palpitating stage of parenting a teenager. Oh. Um, I'm still getting used to saying 13. Uh, so that's yeah, so they definitely keep us busy. And we actually are not homeschooling um, ourselves. Our kids are in public school. So I'm, I, you know, do things like packing lunches and helping with homework. Um, but I am a teacher by trade. I taught third grade before I have had kids. And it's just kind of, it's just part of my heart. Part of my vocation as a mom is that I teach. I teach my kids stuff and I like to teach other people's kids how to cook. That is so cool. And I just love how you share that passion with others. So as a mom, what do you really rock? What would you say is something that you just really, you got going on? Yeah, that's a good question because it's so hard for women especially to compliment ourselves, right? So this is a great challenge. And actually, I kind of gave it away in my introduction because I feel like when I'm in my groove, when I'm really in my flow is when I am teaching. So like we were just going swimming the other day and, you know, their dad is throwing them around and being, you know, crazy splashing games and playing basketball. And when he got tired out, it was my turn and the kids wanted me to come and and swim with them. And what did I end up doing? You know, I ended up teaching them how to dive and working on their flutter kick and working on like, you know, swimming or all this stuff. And I just got out after half an hour and I thought that was kind of funny, like how differently we interact, you know, like I just kind of slide into teacher mode. Yeah, that's just natural. (laughs) Yep, it is. Well, I would love to know, what's your go-to backup plan when your plans for dinner fall through? Because I myself fall into that category a lot where I have all of these grand plans for dinner and then it's 4.30 and I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. What's your backup plan? Yeah. So anytime, you know, if you forget to thaw the meat or you're happen to be away from the kitchen and you don't realize, you know, you're walking too late for the planned dinner, or maybe you didn't plan dinner. Cause sometimes, you know, even though my head knows meal planning is a really important skill, I don't always implement that, but I do, I mean, I do have a bunch of go-to uh-oh meals. So we have some like good sausages, pretty clean ingredients from Costco that we usually have in our fridge. So that is like really quick. You can throw those, you know, in a pan and, and heat those up. And at least there's a meat (laughs) main course. Um, The instant pot, I will admit is often a salvation, um, especially if I plan a slow cooker meal and then forget to get it started (laughs) because I do. I mean, I work from home and my husband works from home, so we're home all day. So I can, you know, I can plan those like, prep ahead kind of meals where you're having to start at midday, but then sometimes I forget to do it. So definitely, yeah, the Instant Pot, the sausages and, you know, breakfast for dinner is always a good one. Having some eggs and throwing some veggies in 
with those, those are definitely some of our backups, but it's, it's all, for me, it's all about like shopping well, right? So I shop with some of that in mind to make sure I always have like some easy vegetables on hand. I always have those sausages. We usually have like um, hamburger patties in the freezer. Those are super quick too. And I don't know if you've ever had Costco salmon burgers, but they're pretty amazing. <laughs> and that's like, you know, it's just like, I know I don't want to plan them all the time, but it's so nice to know they're there when you walk in the door at six and you're like, oh no. I think that's great tips. And just to shop with that intention that, you know, because if you know yourself, you have that self-knowledge, then yeah, having that stuff on hand for those days that time just flies by. I think that is awesome. I'm just wondering, how do you stay organized overall? Do you have any favorite apps or tools or any type of resources that you use to stay organized? So I'm pretty old school. I'm really just a pen and paper kind of girl. Um, I've tried and failed at a number of different productivity apps. They tend to take a lot of time to set up and then I don't use them well. So I'm all about just the paper lists on my desk for work. And we just kind of have a spiral notebook out in our kitchen where I'll write my own to-do list and then you know, I'll write stuff down for my kids that they have to do too, and they can check theirs off and I can check mine off. So it's pretty basic. As far as grocery shopping, same thing. Like I just have a one little piece of paper in the front pocket of my purse divided by store because I know what I want. You know, I know like this place has the best cheese prices and this place has the olive oil, whatever. So I know where, where I want to get things. And so I kind of put it in that store's list. But a lot of it unless I've run out of something or I'm about to run out of something, I just kind of know what we use every week. And so my shopping list on paper is very short and in the cart is very large, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not without intention. Like I don't waste food. I don't buy more than I need. I just know like here, you know, here are all the vegetables we can get through. I spend a lot of time in the produce section. Oh yes. I spend a lot of time at the grocery store period. I have five boys, so I totally get it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. See that's I have three boys, three of mine. I didn't say that, did I? Three of my kids are boys and just one girl. And I'm petrified when they're all in like high school, middle school at the same time. I mean, that's one of the reasons they have to know how to cook because I would not be able to keep up. Exactly. It's just, it is a beautiful thing when your older kids can start to fend for themselves in the kitchen. And that's why I'm really excited to hear what you have to share with us. Hey. So have you always loved to cook? I'm not even sure I love to cook now, um, but I love to eat. (laughs) And when um, I wasn't always a real healthy eater either, but when I got pregnant with my first and had that baby, I mean, this pretty common story, right? That's kind of when you realize like, uh uh-oh, what we put in our mouths really matter. And what I put in this tiny baby's mouth matters even more because he's so tiny. So that was when I started to care, I guess, about about healthy cooking um, and really diving into nutrition research and trying to figure out like how best to nourish our family. Um, My husband has an autoimmune disease called Crohn's disease. And so that's an intestinal thing. And we have been able to keep him symptom free and medicine free for over a decade, which is really exciting. Praise be to God for that. So, but, but I do think that it's, we're being very intentional with what we eat and and just trying to nourish our bodies. So for me, it's more of a service than a love, like when I'm cooking, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes total sense. And how wonderful that your husband hasn't had to, because Crohn's can be very, mm. so I'm so glad that you've been able to find a way to help him manage that. That's thank you. 
Awesome. Why do you think it's important to get kids cooking? Well, let me count the ways. <laughs> I mean, we've kind of touched a little bit on just the fact that moms can't always do it all. Like, especially if you do have a commitment to using whole foods, like it takes a long time. You spend a long time at the cutting board and at the stove. And so sharing the load with the family is vital for mom's sanity, parent sanity, but also I mean, I just feel it's so important for kids to, first of all, have family responsibility. And we talk a lot about serving others and how important it is to pitch in just period, you know, with all household chores. But since, you know, kind of the heart of the kitchen or heart of the home is the kitchen, it's really vitally important to learn how to cook. But and then just building healthy habits for them. Right. So I know that no matter how I feed them or how much we talk about food, if they leave home and don't know how to cook for themselves, they're either going to be back in my kitchen <laughs> in their young 20s or just they're going to just eat junk because they don't have those skills. So for me, it's really building those life skills for the future as well as building responsibility and kind of family shared work now. Those are great points. I never really, I mean, I've thought about that, but the teaching your kids to take that into their adult life and possibly future family life. So that that's really cool. Yeah, um, there was actually a research study done that kids like teenagers who felt they had the ability to cook who like self reported that they knew how to cook were more likely 10 years later to eat healthier. Wow. So it really does like even read, you know, we can kind of common sense that but even research says that if you're teaching your kids to cook before they leave home, their families, your grandchildren will even be healthier for it. That's fabulous. So tell, does your e-course Kids Cook Real Food, does that kind of correlate with the type of lessons that you're trying to teach your kids? It does. It does. It kind of grew out of a realization in myself where I had been teaching, you know, busy families around the world how to cook and how to be healthy for years online. And when my oldest son had to do a demonstration speech, like a how-to speech for his school class. He, he did choose to do food with a little, you know, nudge, nudge from mom. Um, but I realized he really only knew how to make one thing as a fourth grader. And I was like, oh, I have forgotten to teach my children to cook in the busyness of life. So it was just kind of, for me, a realization moment. And that's where the curriculum for the e-course grew out of was that summer I actually let each of my three older kids invite a friend over which sounds like more chaos but it was actually more calendar control for me because I knew I might skip it if it was just me saying I'm going to teach my kids to cook but they had other families depending on me so we kind of did that whole curriculum that summer and my goal my goal with the e-course is to teach kids skills and techniques as opposed to like here's a kids cookbook and you can learn some recipes I really want them to have the tools, like the, the mental tools to be able to tackle any recipe that they come across, right? So we, we teach 30, over, just over 30 basic skills at three different age levels so that it's very age appropriate and they build on each other. And, you know, we bring back a lot of practice of old skills so that by the end, they can like, they can actually cook as opposed to like, oh, I have these eight recipes I know how to make. So what kind of skills would you say, in addition to like the practical kitchen skills, are kids learning when they're learning how to cook real food in the kitchen? So you're saying like outside, like not the yeah, actual outside kitchen of that, skills? Like the, the cognitive or critical thinking skills. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much going on in the kitchen beyond, you know, what we're doing with the food 
definitely. I mean, I mentioned an attitude of service, and that's important to me that, you know, we might teach our little kids to cut up mushrooms, and they might not like mushrooms. And so they have to think outside themselves to my dad likes mushrooms, and so I'm doing this for him. So that's huge. Self-confidence is actually a major skill that I see in the kitchen because the kids know that they're doing something authentic. They know they're doing, you know, an adult skill and you don't have to tell them, Hey, you did a good job. They just watch people eat their food, you know? And Mm -hmm. then that's like amazing to see the looks on their faces when they realize they've made something that someone else, adults and children are enjoying, you know, and they've done something genuine. So that's amazing. Um, Obviously math and, And science is right in there as far as talking about fractions and can you double this recipe or, you know, have the recipe. Those those are very real life applications of the math that you're doing in your homeschool. And then there's cool science with caramelization and, you know, how long will something last once you cut it and all those really, really cool stuff. Actually, like, for example, one of the one of the lessons we teach our advanced kids is how to crush and mince garlic. And there's a cool, fun fact that we teach that when you crush garlic, its health benefits actually increase every seven minutes. Really? So we, yeah, isn't that fun? So we start all our recipes by saying crush the garlic first and set it aside. And then it's like perking along, becoming healthier before you use it. Isn't that fun? That is really cool. I did not know that. So yeah, so I love, and it's fun for me to hear. I hear a lot of parents say, well, I have learned a few things along with my children, you know, and I'm like, yes, that's great. That is great. And so you just touched upon this, but like, how do you think cooking helps us build strong family relationships? Sure. I mean, the heart of the home is that kitchen. And I, I do find that when I'm working in the kitchen with my older kids, that's when I get to hear the most about their day most about what they're thinking because you know we're both kind of focused on what we're doing but there's not a lot of distraction as far as screens and friends and you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. it's just a really good platform for conversation and of course the family meal I mean people say it's so important to sit together and eat together as a as a family and so to do that when you're also all working together in the kitchen, like it just kind of extends that family time, but it also makes it possible. It also makes the family meal possible, right? Because if mom, if mom is having to do all the meal prep every single day, that's when it's the, the temptation is there to be like, oh, let's just eat what we can find or eat separately or, you know, like, so we really have to be intentional. We have to be really, we have to push ourselves, I think, to set aside those dinner times. And I'm sure in a homeschooling family, you know, there's a lot of time spent together, but it's still, it's still really important to be eating together, eating, eating builds that community. And it's a great opportunity too to, you know, have extended family and grandparents come over and and eat what the kids have made and just kind of build that, build their, their self-esteem there too. Oh, absolutely. And as you're talking, I was thinking about how you know, I know myself, but I, I talk to a lot of friends who they're very hesitant to get their kids involved in the kitchen, either safety, they're just really concerned about uh, oh, <laughs> what's going to happen to the meals or the time that you just talked about involved in teaching the kids. So I was wondering, how does your course help with that, helping us not to hold back as far as teaching kids how to cook? Sure thing. I hear that from, I mean, for sure, a lot of parents have kind of these hangups, right? Like the kids are going to make too big of a mess. They're going to slow me down. 
some parents say, especially homeschooling moms, man, I really appreciate my alone time in the kitchen. Like, I don't really want to let them in. <laughs> and, and sure, and there's the fear about the safety and what, are, what do I teach and where do I start? And so definitely the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse seeks to assuage all those fears and just kind of, like I like to say, I've done all the thinking for you. You don't have to think very, you know, your poor brain does enough. So I've thought about how the skills connect together and what um, can be taught at each age group. And then we're, we teach a lot of safety techniques and we actually use fun memory phrases for kids so that they can remember like how to hold the knife and how to hold the food and how to keep their fingers away and kind of coach parents even on how you can redirect the kids without feeling like you're disciplining them about one more thing. We have like fun ways of basically saying, don't cut your finger off. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, <laughs> that are fun, and the kids have seen it in the video, so they know exactly what the parent's saying, you know, when they utilize our fun phrases. So, yeah, definitely. We just kind of try to pave the way. Like, I'm on your team. We're in the kitchen together. I'll do the hard part. You know, you can use me as a scapegoat and say, well, Mrs. Kimball says, hold it this way, <laughs> so oh. that your kids aren't so tired of, you know, hearing mom and dad's voice all the time telling them what to do. So we try to, we do definitely try to make it really fun. And, and I get a lot of feedback from members saying that it's working, you know, saying, wow, like that was the best experience I've ever had in the kitchen. It doesn't usually go that smoothly. And so that always makes me feel really good. Like, okay, we're, we're doing our job, holding hands of parents here and just getting all the kids in the kitchen and enjoying themselves. So you mentioned video. Does your course include video? So you watch it with your kids and then practice those skills? Yep, exactly. So we have, there's over 45 videos in the, the whole course. And again, that's three levels. So we have like kind of a preschooler, beginner level. And then once kids know how to read, they can do the intermediate level. And once they master the intermediate skills, like working at the stove and working with a small sharp knife, they move on to advance with the bigger knives and kind of the, the bigger meal skills. But yes, each lesson, each skill has a video and I'm in the video and my kids are in the video. So that's cool. The kids get to see other kids doing the skills and techniques, eating the healthy food. And then, yes, the parents in the in the homes just go into the kitchen and they kind of reenact the video. Right. So as a parent, all your job is, is to queue up the video, make sure you have some food on hand that fits the skill. Um, and it's all basic tools, you know, frying pan, bowl, spoon knife cutting board. There's there's not a whole lot of shopping that someone would have to do. Your kitchen is probably stocked because again, we're just I'm my goal is to try to really teach kids and families these basic basic skills that you need to kind of crack the code of the produce section and be able to get if you can cut some vegetables, if you can cut some fruit, there's a whole wide world open to you. And then you just need a few more skills like sauteing and rolling things out, flipping, we do like flipping with pancakes and tortillas, um, browning meat. There's So there's a number of different skills, but a lot of them are really focused on fruits and vegetables. So you talked about flipping and like sauteing and stuff. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, that could be a possible like scene for disaster in my kitchen. <laughs> Have you had any kitchen fiascos? And then how did you turn that around? In my own kitchen, you mean? Yeah, in your own kitchen with your kids. Well, I always have my own personal kitchen fiascos um, with the kids. <laughs> Typically, we really haven't had a lot of injury-type fiascos, but we had a lot of like, failures, right? Like just things sticking to the pan or 
my poor daughter. Uh, this summer, I told my two oldest kids, they each were responsible for at least one breakfast and one dinner every week because we'd fallen out of that habit. It's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. So we needed to restart that. And so she was so pumped. It was, you know, strawberry season at the beginning of the summer. And she got on Pinterest and chose about, I don't know, a dozen recipes that she wanted. I said, well, you know, one at a time. So I think she made two or three recipes in a row. She was so motivated. So she, you know, over her quota. And it was the saddest thing because the first one was a smoothie and it just wasn't even good. Mm. And the second one had quinoa in it and she doesn't like quinoa. But she chose it thinking, oh, it's only like a half cup, so maybe it won't be a big deal. But then she didn't like it at the end because a half cup of quinoa, once it's cooked, is still kind of left. So it was just so sad. And so to, I guess to remedy the problem, the problem was she was making things and she didn't like them. And so it, it was just a lot of talking and just saying, you know, remember that, that not all recipes work and we can really learn from this. Like if there's something in a recipe that you don't like, it's probably a recipe you need to skip. And I just tried to like keep it really, really positive because I could see that she was going to spiral into like not despair exactly, but the child's version of despair, like, oh no, cooking is horrible. Um, And so, and I also made sure that like that quinoa dish, we offered it to other people who really liked it. And so that was good for me to be able to say, you know, you didn't really like this, but other people really do. So, you know, you still did a great job with the recipe it just wasn't your thing. And we'll be more careful next time, you know, reading the ingredients and really thinking about how it how it might turn out. So it's, you know, everything's a learning experience, right? But that one, oh, it just broke my heart because she was so motivated. And then two fails in a row, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but I think I think we did okay. She's still willing to cook. Well, that's great. Because I was gonna say you use cooking lessons for like life lessons right there. So how awesome is that? What about picky eaters and kids with food allergies? How can we get them involved in the kitchen? It is more important in my book for kids who are selective about what they're eating to, to get those kids in the kitchen. Um, research shows that the more exposure you have to the food, whether it's growing it, picking it out at the store, meal planning, you know, prepping, serving, even just poking at it, right? If you're, if your kid is, you feel they're picky and they're poking at their mashed potatoes, say, okay, well, that's one more kind of tally on the board for you've had an, an exposure to that food. And basically every exposure to the food is going to build up to the point where they'll finally try it and finally like it, if that makes sense. So if you can imagine like a, like a vial in a science lab, most of us need maybe five or 10 exposures to a food before we like it. Kids who are really, really selective and might have some sensory issues might need a hundred. So their vial is just taller. <laughs> it just needs more and more and more little little tallies, little exposures. So if they're helping cook the food, they might not be trying it right away, but they're more likely to eventually. They're more likely to try the food. They're more likely to feel positive about it. So super, super, super important. And all the strategies are the same, you know, making it fun, using our videos, watching other kids do it talking about an attitude of service, even if you don't like this, that's okay, you can still prepare this for the rest of the family. So really, really, really important to get those picky kids eating. And then here's, and I hate the word, I don't want to say picky, that's why I tried to say selective eaters, right? Because we all have, we all have taste preferences, everybody has something that they don't really like. And so I think it's really important for parents to first acknowledge that, that their kids are always going to have something they don't like and not make it into a picky eating thing, right? So when your parent, if a parent's saying, I have a picky eater, 
then the kid thinks, well, I'm just picky and I can say no to everything. And so we want to raise our expectations, right? We want to raise the bar and just expect that all of our kids will be able to eat many different foods, even if they seem a little selective at first. So really good tip for parents with selective eaters is just to put a very small bite of a new food onto their plate so that we don't overwhelm them, right? So we want to get, again, these exposures. So we want to get them in the kitchen, working with the food, smelling the food, touching the food. They might not be willing to taste it, but we still always put that one bite on their plate so that they have to kind of eye it up and we can let them poke at it and let them smell it or whatever. But it's nice not to overwhelm them because I think when, when kids who are expected to try a new food, especially if they are really selective, if it's a big pile of a big serving of that new food, they, the mom might say, you just need to take a bite. You just need to taste it. But they're seeing that huge serving and thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> they're thinking they're going to try to make me eat it all. And it like overwhelms their senses and their psychology. So it's really kind of a kind thing for them and effective to, to go small on the servings, but continue to keep them involved. So yeah, lots of, lots and lots of connections with cooking and make, helping kids eat healthier food. What wonderful tips. So like remove the label, remove mm-hmm. that picky label, take off the pressure, take off the overwhelm and give them room to feel comfortable and just increasing that exposure to it. Well, yeah, that's a great way to say it. Well, okay, Katie, it is time in our episode for our fast five. When you say the first thing that comes to your mind with these five questions. Okay. Okay. So number one, you just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? (laughs) I'm so practical. It would be whatever the next thing is I'm buying, which would probably be some supplements (laughs) because we tend to get a lot of those from Amazon or I've got a birthday for a child coming up. So he has something on his list that we need to go to Amazon for. There you go. What's your favorite family night game? Oh, we just introduced spoons to my older kids, that card game with the spoons in the middle. Yeah. If you've, oh my gosh. And it was, it was such a hoot. We got to play it with my parents and my dad is like almost 80 and he and my 13 year old son were fighting over the spoons. We were dying laughing. That was the best. What's the best way to spend the day with your kids? Uh, Really good balance. You know, something where we all are kind of learning, like even just reading together, something where we're active together, biking or being outside, working together in the kitchen is fantastic. Um, So I really, I like, I like a lot of, a lot of balance where the whole day isn't silly or the whole day isn't serious, but we kind of switch in and out of, of being productive together and having fun together. What are you reading right now? Ooh, I'm reading a Jodi Picoult book for my book club, Small Great Things, I think it's called. She's always good. Okay, last one. I've got to have blank to get me through the day. Uh, I've got to check something off my to-do list, so I feel accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I'm a list girl too, so I totally get that one. <laughs> nice. Well, Katie, it's been lovely chatting with you today. Please tell us where we can find you. Well, definitely visit um, our class at kidscookrealfood.com. And we usually have some sort of kind of free sample there that you can get to give a little taste. Um, And then if you're looking for healthy recipes and tips for the whole family to to balance everything, uh, my main blog is also kitchenstewardship.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, all those places too. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thanks again, Katie, for joining us. 
It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. You too. And there you have it. Now, if you'd like links to any of the books and resources that Katie and I chatted about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Those are at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP70. I can't wait to share some more great homeschool chats to encourage, motivate, and inspire. Until then, rock your homeschool. Homeschool.